Hello and welcome back to the EPMI podcast. EP, plug me in. There are no interviews today. Matter of fact, there won't be interviews for a good while. Not indefinitely, but I do have some lined up that I want to be prepared for, especially when it comes to the promotional money that goes into promoting the video after I get the interview done. So because I want to take that time in handling the promotion of the product more effectively, I do want to make sure that the output is very controlled. Currently right now, I have posts up on Fiverr. If you would like to be a guest on the EPMI podcast, it is actually going to be paid admission fee going forward of $25. Here is why, because I've been spending an hour to three hours on each episode for free for a good amount of people, and I believe that I proved myself up until now, and the amount of time that I put in is valuable. So, $25 doesn't seem too bad to me. Also, at this moment, I am producing beats, custom beats, as well as intro and outro beats for podcasts, and I have beats up on BeatStars right now as we speak, and will continue to do that as well. I have an audiobook on the way, Earplug Origins. If you've been around previously to this podcast, you know that I used to wear a mask. I actually do wear a mask, just not publicly right now, for the character EP in the story Earplug Origins. It was the whole purpose of the mask. It's why I wore it in the first place. There's an audiobook around it. It's like a superhero story. Finds a magical mask and goes through a hero's journey, encounters villains on the same journey. And it is kind of just an ode to those old fashioned stories of good and evil. That is in the process of getting done, and that will be for sale in the future. More importantly, I am doing social media managing as well, creating content using Canva and Adobe Premiere Pro, content for IG. TikTok. I create content for Instagram, Instagram stories, posts, reels, and IGTV, YouTube video editing, as well as thumbnail editing, audio editing for your podcasts or song, or mixing and mastering for vocals of tracks, as well as EQing and mixing and mastering beats. So as you can see, we're doing a lot right now. There's a couple other things that I could say, but I'm just trying to give the bigger picture that there is a lot of things that I'm doing right now to try and monetize what I'm doing. And luckily, we're good right now. God is good. And we're trying to do the best that we can to make sure that I take the necessary steps to fully monetize the passion that I have because I believe in it. Whether or not you believe in it or whether or not anyone needs to believe in a dream for it to happen is not really the point. The point is I'm going to do it regardless because uh, consistency is the point. It's not making it to a result. It's consistency because this makes me happy and I care about my mental health and I care about what I'm doing in life and I want to take a risk. I don't want to be here in 10 years from now doing something that I feel I should have done because it was safer, feeling like I haven't lived my life and fully expressed myself and where I Felt like I could take myself if I just trusted the things that were put in front of me. All good stuff, all good stuff. But the journey of a musician, content creator, or anyone that's trying to follow a passion these days is extremely, extremely complex. Just pick something. I mean, if you want to start on money, money's complex. If you want to start on value, valuing yourself, like confidence, actually going out in the world and 
doing your craft. There's a lot of studio musicians these days, and there's people out there that are actually performing and getting better at that aspect. That's a completely different world than what you do when you're at home recording. My biggest takeaway from the complexity and ups and downs of being a musician is not um, not making it. Most people, <laughs> they ask me, how do you feel that you haven't made it? It's like, dude, I, I was never trying to make it. Matter of fact, I was trying to do my best to not make it in any way that is known, not because I want to be unique, but because a lot of selling your soul and get, getting screwed up the back end happens with those stories. So when people say you just need to put stuff out, you just need to do stuff more mainstream, it isn't, it's like, yeah, but why do you see that they spit those artists out like the only ones to stick around? Look at the faces. They're not happy. That's not something that I saw in my future. What, what I would really love is to be paid off of the work that I want to do to help people's content as well as promoting my own. It's not trying to cash out on a million dollar deal and sell my soul to the devil just so I can have fame and recognition and never be forgotten and live forever. I don't care about that. You know, the, the whole legacy thing is super, um, like, it's super overrated nowadays. Everybody wants to be the greatest of all time and the best. They want to be top five, top ten. It, it's like, you know, it, it's really tired comparison. If everybody's trying to do that, then, I mean, what, what's, what's the real prestige in, in attaining one of those spots? The prestige was that people were crazy enough to get that, and, and the, the way that they got it was not because they sought after it, it was because their mentalities took them to that point. I don't even really think that they probably were even cognitive of the amount of success that they were having and the level that they were reaching until somebody told them to their face. Insert person here in the story matches up the same almost every time. And I know there's a lot of people who like to argue and say, well, what about this person? What about this person? There's a lot of people who are in and out of the industry who speak bad about the industry. Very rarely do you hear anything good about the industry other than opportunity and the money that presents itself. But the after effects on mental, physical health, your personal relationships, intimate relationships, the way that you value time with people, the way that you value your interactions. I know so many people who are perfectionists when they answer just simple questions because they think that somewhere down the line that person's going to think back on this exchange and feel lucky that they got to speak to you. Like, how conceited and self-absorbed is that? That we spend time believing we're in a movie, that we don't even really give our genuine self. We give our genuine movie self to people because we want that scene in the movie to be something inspirational or cool to look back on when somebody makes a movie about our life. It's like, it's, it's really never going to happen for 99.9% .9 of us. I believe that once you get past the thing that you're most afraid of, which is, I guess for most people, failure, then everything after that is a success because you have tasted failure almost consistently from the beginning of a music career. You very seldom do taste success. And when you do have success, it's never enough. Like if you made a million dollars tomorrow and you got into a room with Jay-Z, you'd want to make 50 to 60 more million <laughs> just to feel like you're at the top of that total pool. You see, most of us down here, us brokies, we're living in real life around each other. We are working minimum wage jobs or maybe you got a promotion and you work a little bit above minimum wage you work at, you, you work at a good job you got benefits and stuff like that and a good working car a place to sleep uh, good food in the fridge uh, friends to talk to social media you got an iphone or an android you got a laptop at home you got a few little toys that make you happy right we're down here at this level always constantly trying to find the ticket 
out of it. The golden goose ticket that is either either going to get us into compensation land or it's going to get us into recognition land or it's going to get us into dreamland, fantasy land, or it's going to get us in, into the land that we believe is going to make us happy. So happy land. You know, we, we believe that these accomplishments, these, these forms of recognition and accolades and milestones are truthfully going to make us happy when we're 65 years old looking at the list. Because essentially it's one piece of paper that's going to say a couple things that you did that people deemed important enough to speak about for a couple years until somebody else tries to do it the exact same way that you did and then they beat you and now you're just number two on the list but people really consider you number one like it's just this never ending moving of the totem poles because when you're down here with us the brokies you will get to a certain level where now you're in middle class and now you're not in middle class now you're not you're above middle class and then all of a sudden you're wealthy and rich and then there's real wealth and real riches that you will never attain because you weren't born into that family, or you don't have a certain type of skin, or you just do not have the status, the status of your family lineage, being able to give you that type of recognition. Consider what I'm saying as being royalty. If you are not truthfully royalty, you will never be a royal wealthy person that lives on this earth. You will always be considered from the family that you came from, either just a rag to riches story, but you're never going to be rag to wealthy because the certain people in this world who have that money, they they don't give that money up. So it's like those are the people that control the music industry, the movie industry, the content creating industry, what we're using right now. What you're listening to this podcast on, on Spotify, is a direct arrow of proof that we do not get to choose where we go and listen to things. We fall in to these systems believing that these are the areas that provide value to people, mostly artists. So when artists go to tackle their career, I believe there's a phase in the beginning where you're watching other artists that you look up to. We all get the influence and the idea from somebody and we learn how to cultivate it along. There's nothing wrong with that. I wish that people would stop trying to be unique and realize that everybody is so individual these days. People don't even confine themselves to genres and because of that, we don't really even know how to say who the best R&B singer, the best rock singer is, the best rapper or even (laughs) the best rapper that people consider is the best rapper is a singer and a rapper. Imagine if we were to say that a singer and a rapper was better than Rakim like 20 to 30 years ago. If you don't know Rakim, then Jay-Z or DMX. It it would be absurd because back then we had lanes that people were in so we could graph identifying label things. But because label is such a nasty word, now everybody is just everything, we never really get to know who truthfully is really good at one lane. So there's that. When I was younger and I thought about my musical career, I was transfixed by certain places that artists got to perform. For example, like when I thought of LA, I wanted to perform at the Hard Rock Cafe and the Roxy and, you know, the House of Blues or what have Madison Square Gardens and, you know, like the big stadiums in Texas, you know, going across the pond, Wembley Stadium, stuff like that, you know, and then it was the clothes that they got to wear, you know, being able to dress a certain way because you're famous is a portion of this journey that people take really seriously. Almost everybody that I met in Los Angeles had a pair of boots and leather jackets and they did their hair a certain way. Either it was down or it was spiked up. You know, most people are drinking some dark beer to be cool and or they're getting drunk on some shots over there. And it's just, you know, there, there's so many followers in an area where everybody believes that they're unique. And it's, it's kind of hilarious at the end of the day to to see certain people believe that they are so unique that that they're that everything is about them you know and it's kind of funny because there's this word called sonder most people know about it and it's the realization that there are tons of complex 
lives going on all around you, just as complex as your own. And when it comes to music, when, when we write from the pen standpoint, almost all of the time we are speaking from a standpoint like we are the main character in life. And it's even a song topic that it gets spoken about the most with upcoming rappers that they that they are the main character and that they won't accept that they aren't. And why do I say all this? Because it's extremely important to note that this is why you see artists accepting extremely horrible deals just to get fame just to get riches, and just to get recognition because they need that point to be proven more than they need to do good business and more than they need to do good music and more than they need to learn how to actually be a musician, more than they need to learn how to collaborate with producers and be involved in the sound and actually know what they're doing when it comes to the Sonics because they believe that the movie is just going to play out in front of them and all they need to do is acknowledge it, be there, and make it happen. That's like 25% of the story. There's so much longevity that you need to secure with who you are and your identity that just doesn't seem to be the story with what we tell each other and younger artists today. I mean, even if you just go down to money management, who's really teaching money management to musicians at any level? It's literally nowhere. You can't even trust 80% of the stuff that you see online. And that may be an exaggeration of a percentage, but if you were a musician and you took any type of marketing class, I've taken three over the last year. They tell you in the first hour or two that everything that you see online is half-truths. It's not anywhere near the, the amount of info that you need to be successful and, and do the one thing that is the hardest thing to do as an artist, and that's monetize things. I just named about 10 things in the beginning of this episode that you ignored <laughs> or that somebody else is going to ignore, yet you're going to go on BeatStars and you're going to look for a beat even though I produce a beat. But you'll pay them, but you won't pay me. And then it's also you'll pay people to mix, but you won't pay me. You know, like, and, and we all have that experience with other people. They'll be paying for features for this person, but not for this person. And in, it, it's an interesting give and take because musicians don't feel like they owe anyone any money for some reason. <laughs> Even though everything that we need to create income in music costs money. Almost everything costs money. If you're not paying for it, somebody else is. Even a show. If you don't pay to play a show and you get money from that show, where else does that deal exist? Where else do we see people being constantly allowed to make the mistake of incorrect investing? For example, if you are a musician and you are good at your craft, you know somebody lower than you. It, just with all humility aside, with some actual facts and real positive critical thinking, you know people that you're better than. So if you were to send your song that you spent uh, X amount of time on, and we'll say that X is in the value of a high number of times, so a couple hours, let's say. And then this person did the same song on the same beat, but they spent about 10 minutes on it. And both of you are sending it to somebody where you're both going to pay that person $100 to mix that song. Where else do we allow people to make bad investments like that? Because that engineer is going to get both of those songs with the same beat two different deliveries, and he's going to charge them the same amount of money and allow him to spend $100 on something that is not going to make $100 back. Because let's be honest, most of us are going to be entrepreneurs if we actually swing this to be a success. And if you know anything about investment, it's all about ROI, return on investment, which means if you pay for your beat $25, your song better make $25 back 
or you're in the hole, you're in the deficit. And you can choose positive thinking and say, well, I don't look at it that way. It doesn't matter. An investor, a bank, when they look at the numbers, they're only going to care about the numbers, not the story or the explanation behind it. They're just going to see that you spent this amount of money on your equipment. You spent this amount of money on the beat. You spent this amount of money on the mixing and mastering and the graphics to get done. And then after that, you paid for a promotion. If you don't make any or all of that money back, you are in the red. And there's no other way around that. It's a fact. But as a 90s kid, I understand that this is our fault. Our generation is at fault for where the music industry is at right now. Before the 90s came along, everything was based off of record sales. Record sales were CDs at the time when I was a younger kid. And CDs were about $18. Sometimes they were cheaper, $10. But 18 was the one that you would get like a big album, like a Michael Jackson album or like an Usher album. But the thing that happened was is that people were sharing their CDs. They were sharing their physical copies. They were making burned copies on their computers like we did. And because we were using websites like Napster and we were using websites like LimeWire and we were downloading our music illegally, we started to affect the sales of the music industry so the artists started to suffer. So as a consumer of the 90s when I was a child and now as someone who's selling a product, I understand how colossal that change was in the amount of money that the artists made and it directly affected the contract that the artist signs. That's why they created the 360 deal. So think about this. You're an artist in 2002. I was 12 years old at that time. You put out an album of 18 songs. You have a record deal. You would sell that for 18 to $20. Then you would go on tour. You'd be on MTV, which was a show that played videos and music. Because people used to watch TV back then. And they had countdown of the top songs in the country. And people would go out and buy the CD, and you would get paid off of it. And it was a good way to project how successful your content, your CD, your music was going to be. Nowadays, each song has its own value of a stream, which is a 16th of a cent that you get paid for a stream. So think about how much streams we have to get to make a million dollars. No, no, no. To make $20. Do the math. It's a good amount. So no one taught us how to do this. No one taught us this. No one even taught us what was going to happen later down the road when they create the 360 deal. So think about this. You're a record label. You've been screwing people over for about 80 years, probably a little more than that. You're losing millions and millions because now physical copies of albums are not being sold. They're not even being purchased on iTunes because everything's for free on YouTube and everything else you can download off of SoundCloud or YouTube from a YouTube to MP3 converter, or people are purchasing the music, but they're going on iTunes and they're only purchasing the single or a few select tracks from the whole album. Whereas before, say Charlie Puth put out a hit and he put out an album, you'd have to buy the whole 18-track album just to get that one song. Whereas now, you can pick and choose which ones you want, so now the albums have different values. Also, back then when you signed, you signed because you already had a song that was creating some buzz, and you would sign for a certain amount that you would have to pay back with your physical album sales. And back then, you really didn't sign if you weren't able to make that money back. There are some exceptions. People you can look up. But more importantly, an artist was able to pay back that money from that contract by the album sales. And it would make their actual income, their big millions, and you would see their lifestyle change when they would start doing world tours. Because the touring aspect of the music part is the most lucrative portion of it. That's actually the portion that most musicians who don't like to play the game on the radio, they end up kind of staying in that lane after they get their big Beatles moment where it's them mania, you know. But they got to keep that money. 
they got to pay off the contractual agreement money with the album sales and the touring and the other sources of income were theirs because that was not included in the contractual agreements. So as long as they consistently dropped music and as long as the buzz stayed consistent, they could drop more music after that and continue to tour and then that would secure them financially. So I can break this down for you for a second. The reason why that was the better deal and the reason why the record labels, even though they were evil then and they are evil now, Back then, it was better because if you actually were a real musician, which most of the people were, they could tour no problem forever. It sounds like a good deal for the artist, right? But it's a very, very bad deal for the record label. Because back then, they had everyone in the entire world knocking at their door, but now they're not. Now, the independent artist is ruling most of the streams and the influence on what artists who are in the majors are trying to do. That's why you see a lot of rappers who are getting in, getting the deal, and then dropping a couple albums to pay that money back, and then they create their own record label, and they start operating off of that. Key point is logic. So they created the 360 deal. So now record labels can get a number of, of payment off of these things i'm looking at it right now so the 360 deal pays the record label remember before it was just album sales now the 360 deal pays a record deal your streaming from your licensing from your endorsement deals your live gigs which is touring concerts which is touring merchandise which is at the touring destinations and digital sales so now all your ancillary departments they can make money off of all of them and that is how they are continuously staying on top even in this ever-changing entertainment industry whereas before they would miss out on millions in certain areas when the artists would buy their masters back or they would fulfill the duties and the agreements of the contractual agreement that they first made and then they leave and make their own record label so they can rake in the money for themselves because at that point they don't need the record labels anymore but now since the saturation of the market is so high, now these deals are in place because they cannot monitor how many streams you're going to get. Your song may blow for three months and then completely die. And at that point, you owe them about eight million and you're in the hole. And now your sound that you're piggybacking off is, is gone. And now you have to figure out how you're going to maintain that. Most of us did not keep that in mind when we were younger. I thank God that I never made it because I know that at any one of those points, I would have flopped the opportunity because the pressure is not what I was asking for. I was asking for the performance opportunities as well as opportunities to jam and grow with other musicians, not any of this devilish demonic crap that's behind it where you start to change the condition of your perception of your morality and who you are and why you had this dream in the first place and how it isn't just this soulless content that deserves to give you millions in return. I mean, there used to be a relationship with the actual love of this craft. And without sounding like an old person who cares more about something rather than the new thing, I do believe that if we are not teaching that the music is enough, even if you don't make the money, we're going to have a lot more depressed musicians because not everyone is meant to make it. And that used to be something that we all understood. But we don't understand that anymore. Most people are continuously in the creation of the product. And they're not in the selling of the product. Just pretend that each song is a can of Pepsi that has a new logo, a new size can, a new color can, with a new slogan. Eventually you're going to have to settle on an audience, settle on a look, settle on a way that you're going to package it. 
And you have to stick with that and see that through before you continuously change what the product is. Easier said than done, yes. But that's the point. That's what I'm trying to tell you. No one teaches you this. No one lets you know that this is what the game is. Even so, a more worrisome truth about it is that even if you can lay this out for someone, it doesn't mean that they can do it. Or, in fact, when you get down to it, flat out, most musicians just don't want to work that hard. Look at the friends of your favorite artists. Ask yourself, why haven't they made it? I referenced this in an interview that I have previously with a Grammy-nominated audio engineer named Andy Rodriguez. And I was referencing a story talking about a perspective from Little Yachty. He was talking about how people around him changed when he came into all of these millions and he became popular. And his friends who were rappers were kind of jealous and they wanted the same opportunity. So what he did was he bought them clothes, he bought them a tour bus, he paid for all the shows, he helped them with the studio, time he even gave them ideas of everything and you don't know any other names do you <laughs> because none of them did anything with it so even with all the makings with all the ingredients from somebody who has done it who can pass it down to show this is the way to make it it still didn't work it didn't work out for them and it won't work out for everyone after who is trying to do the same thing it's a combination of luck it's a combination of destiny and I honestly believe consistency. If you're always caught working, then most likely opportunity is going to come. So instead of believing that it's just going to fall in your lap, grind it out until you figure it out. As a musician, like I said in the beginning, the life of being a musician is extremely, extremely complex because it goes easy for others and for others is really, really hard. It's very challenging to even be around a musician that's having a troubling time. I mean, the amount of failure that you have to go through, the amount of horrible takes and the equipment not working out and breaking and eventually wearing down, the lack of money to properly promote, the lack of money to pay for classes that teach you how to properly promote. Because like I told you, this information is not out there. So now imagine, imagine this. You are going to sell something that you 100% believe in to the world and you want to show it to your friends and everybody that you got following you on social media and nobody looks at it so here goes my message that i like to put in every single podcast if you follow somebody that's a content creator whether they make music whether they make arts and crafts whether they dance whether they put up videos that are of positive words and quotes whatever if you heart it if you press a like if you comment good job keep going and if you share it to your story or you send it to two people it will literally take you as long as I just explained. That long to help somebody get to a situation where they can live off of their creation. And I know, the world doesn't care, and, and it's our job to make them care. But at the end of the day, if you had a heart, if you had a heart, isn't two minutes worth your good deed for the day? Because your good deed for the day is something that can help somebody years down the line when an opportunity comes where they can experience some type of success from something that they truly want. And just because you may not get it yourself does not mean that you can't help somebody else do it. So please, if you're out there and you're a musician, just grind, don't sign. There's a quote for you. Just grind, don't sign, and stop changing the logo on the Pepsi can. Create some music that you can be confident in for a whole year or two. 
my good friend Tino Kildit, who is um has a podcast as well, WTF Am I Doing With My Life, as well as an album out on Spotify called Hollywood Tino Killed It. He's been living off of that for almost a year now, and it's still good music. And next year, it's still going to be good music. And a year after that, it will still be good music. Be like that. Create something that you can live off for a year, so that way everything else in your life that you're ignoring to make this dream happen has a chance to breathe. And you yourself can see yourself become more balanced instead of trying to become hyper-focused in one area. And if you can't create music that can have a lasting effect on that, then that goes back to my main point. We're just not good enough. And at that point, we could build. At that point, we can focus on what we are not good at. At that point, we can focus on what's not working. And then focus on how much of that actually makes us happy. Because at the end of the day, if this is supposed to make you happy, then you should be doing as much as you can to make it exactly what you want it to be and not be living off of the expectations and standards of others, but to have patience to allow things to breathe and to allow your time to create some actual art and not just trying to pump things out because you're getting anxiety. This is just my opinion, but I've had 10 years in this game where I've seen people at all levels and I myself have been at a few of them. And if there's one thing that I know When it gets to the hard part of the music, it's not creating more content. It's seeing the perpetual value in the things that you've already created. Your song, if it hasn't been touched by every single person on earth, it's still new to someone. Don't give up on it. Keep trying. Put your money in the right places. Pay the people that you work with because they deserve it. And invest properly in if you can't make ROI return on investment then don't invest at all keep going keep being positive and make sure you stay plugged in thanks for joining me